All right. Well, welcome to On the Ground Podcast, a podcast intended primarily, though not exclusively, for the members of Hill City Baptist Church. Uh, we aim to discuss practical theology and how Christ impacts our day-to-day lives. This week, we're doing things a little bit different. The uh, cast of Usual Suspects is not here, so we Ben and Ryland are otherwise engaged, working and training today. So I thought instead of canceling that we would do something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And this week I'm joined uh, live and in studio <laughs> yeah, by uh, three handsome young lads. Oh, no. Oh, thank you. Yeah, these <laughs> three of our four interns. I did, I did text Matthew. It's funny. Last night he asked me, he's like, are we doing an interview tomorrow? podcast i'm like nah so now <laughs> he's gonna listen to this podcast and be like why was not invited to that <laughs> shout out to matthew maddie mm-hmm. we miss you it's a good guy and uh that's my bad but this week i thought what we would do seeing as this is primarily for our churches kind of talk about um what is the internship it's something we've been doing for many years now it's as far as i can actually remember maybe i'll give a, a brief history on that mm-hmm. um and uh, we haven't talked about it a lot as a church. So the pastors kind of know what's going on. The interns know what's going on. But I think a lot of people don't exactly know what we do, um, as well as I thought it'd be a good opportunity for you guys to get introduced uh, more to our church. Now, you've been members of our church, uh, which is a requirement of the internship for a while now. Noah was the kind of the first one to break the mm-hmm. ice. Um, this is his second year in the internship. And um, but but maybe we could just spend some time getting to know you guys a little bit better and yeah. and talking through what you found helpful and challenging about the internship and and kind of follow the conversation wherever that goes. Sound good? Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. So why do we have an internship? Um, well, it's not because we want free labor, although that's great. <laughs> yeah, you won't refuse it. <laughs> yeah, we, we won't turn it down. <laughs> Most of the labor in a church is free labor, so True. yeah. But but we do appreciate that, and it's it's definitely not. I mean, I'm 30. Well, I'm 33 now, as of last week. Um, but in the in ministry years, I'm a young gun. So I don't know what ministry years that would place me. That places me at like I'm about eight years old in the ministry life. <laughs> and uh, well, Jesus when he was 30, right? So I'm three years into this thing, um, in ministry years, but. Jesus died at 33. I wonder what that is. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is your year. Yeah, this could be it. So when I tell people that we have an internship, and I, I mean, I don't drop that on people. Like, hey, I'm a pastor. You know, I got four interns. Like, <laughs> but when it gets brought up, I always feel a little bit like I need to qualify that statement. Right. Um, because I feel like people might look at me and think, I thought you were the intern. and Or... or it just could come across as a little presumptuous. Mm. Um, so we don't have it for the free labor, and we certainly don't do this because we think that we have, you know, so much wisdom and experience uh, to offer people. You know, I, I'm reminded of the disciples' world words, uh, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. Mm. And that's kind of been our mentality. Um, all the, the people who have been a part of this over the years is, look, um, is we're not doing this because we have much, but we're doing this because whatever we have, we have a responsibility to pass along. Mm. And, and honestly, hopefully, and we can talk about this, it's our weaknesses and shortcomings that instruct you guys as much as our strengths. You know, 
Um, and I mean this in all seriousness, like, oh, I don't want to be like that, you know, or I want to avoid that pitfall. And that's, that's a good thing. So um, we've been doing this for a long time. Biblically, uh, we would root this in the example of Jesus Christ, who called disciples to himself and took, you know, a bunch of guys around with him for three years doing life together. Um, every single part of life, not just public ministry and teaching, but traveling and uh, sending them out eventually, equipping them to be sent out uh, to do their own ministry and helping them when they failed and correcting them and, and dealing with um, life with sinners. Eventually, when he rose from the dead and ascended to heaven and sent his spirit to send them out, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all the world. So we see this pattern in Jesus Christ not of just taking all the ministry upon himself, but a big part of his ministry was actually equipping people for ministry. We see this same pattern continue in the New Testament in Ephesians. Paul says um, that Christ gave gifts, you know, apostles, prophets, shepherds, teachers, evangelists. Why? For the equipping of saints for the work of ministry. And a lot of people think um, that, you know, maybe this is partly because we call pastors ministers, that the ministry of the gospel happens through one person or through a select few people. Um, and we are kind of passive observers of that. But in the New Testament, ministry is the work of the whole body. And the role of a few people, the minority of people, um, the leaders, is to equip those people for it. We see Paul in 2 Timothy making this explicit. Paul tells Timothy um, in chapter 2, verse 2, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So we see him actually giving this command, making explicit what we've seen Jesus practice, what Paul elsewhere says is the role of a leader. Here he says explicitly, what you've heard from me, pass that along, entrust it to faithful men, and they're going to teach other people. So we see this constant need for discipling, for raising up, for equipping leaders. And this is something that a lot of people just don't do much of. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of churches, uh, one gifted guy, maybe a team of people leads it for a long time, and then he starts slowing down, and five years before retirement, he starts thinking, maybe I should get an intern in here. Maybe I should hire an associate pastor to kind of... I mean, that's, that's a total abdication of responsibility um, that rarely goes well for the next guy you know when you just bring someone in and say hope it goes well for you to a congregation that's used to you alone leading them for decades that's just a horrible situation and an extreme um, abdication of a pastoral responsibility so we want to say look as long as there are pastors in this church, there need to be people who are being intentionally discipled towards being pastors. Mm -hmm. Whether they're two years out or two months out or 10 years out of this, whether they end up going into vocational ministry or whether they end up serving as lay elders while they do other things vocationally in their life, um, the church needs to be intentional. So one of the former pastors here, John, my brother-in-law, uh, when I was living in Barbados, well, even before that, we both benefited from a pastor doing an internship with us. Mm -hmm. And when we planted this church, uh, we were doing an internship. And uh, so we, we planted the church. I went to Barbados and 
he started, I believe it was called the Iron Men or something. And he was just gathering um, some guys and doing uh, plyometric workouts. Hmm. No, I'm just joking. He was doing, uh, <laughs> he was doing like discipleship, right. like getting them to yes. read scriptures, do papers, um, read books, meet together, pray together, different kinds of things. Um, it was quite organic, and it was basically saying, look, who are the young men who show some kind of proficiency towards um, leadership and teaching, who desire that, who want to learn, want to grow, who are teachable, mm -hmm. and, and let me kind of do what I can with that. Um, that transformed into a formal internship, and, um, and uh, we've been doing that ever since. So we've been doing that since day one. We planted, I think, 2010. And pretty much since day one, we've been having some form of internship. I always tell everyone, I told you guys this, um, the point of the internship is not to siphon or funnel men, rather, into eldership in our church. That's not the only purpose. But a great success for this would be if you realize, um, one, maybe I'm just not called to be a pastor. Two, maybe I'm just not called to be a pastor now. Um, or here's some ways that I need to grow and develop. So we got guys who are here for, I mean, you guys could all be gone um, in a year or so. You know, we, we hope that doesn't, ha like we would love for you guys to stay, but we know realistically, you know, you may abandon us all for the love of the world. So <laughs> <laughs> we're prepared for that. And we want guys to leave this um, with a better understanding of God's will for their life. Whether that be, you know, look, I think I, God has called me to eldership and the church affirms that um, immediately. Whether it's like, hey, this is a great and noble um, pursuit I'm going to give myself to while I train for something else, whatever. So that's kind of a bit of a, a story behind our um, internship. Matthew Matteo just texted me and said he's free now. What do I say? <laughs> <No. laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Next time. Yeah, next, next time, time. Next time. Next on, uh, on the On the Ground <laughs> podcast. We're going to have a live sit-down interview with Matthew Badio, the Italian stallion. But um, I thought I would start by asking you guys maybe some personal questions. Maybe we go around. Mm -hmm. Just introduce yourself. Give us your name, where you're from, uh, what brought you to Peterborough. Maybe we'll start with Malachi. Okay. Well, I'm from Pickering, but um, I grew up all over the place. I spent... Uh, year here and there, a lot of the places. We moved probably about 10 times growing up. Hmm. <clears throat> um, always going from church to church. I was homeschooled, so that helped with that. Um, but ended up in Pickering, and I've uh, been there for the last five, six years. Nice. And then uh, graduated high school there. Then I was uh, going to, looking around for schools. I took two years off after high school working. And then after that, um, came here to Masters College of Seminary, actually. Um, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll be ever, I don't really know if I ever had a desire really to be a pastor, but it was just, um, yeah, it was like, I didn't know where else to go. I was like, oh, I'll just go here, see what happens. Did that. And it's like, oh, I do feel that there might be potential for ministry in my future. So mm -hmm. I'm seeing it through finishing up the degree. And then, yeah, found the gathering in, uh, back when it was a gathering, um, last year, started attending. And then, uh, Noah mentioned to me the internship. I was like, yeah, this would be something I would really want to do. Nice. Yeah. That's great. 
Do you like the name Hill City Baptist better than I, together? I do like it more than Baptist. <laughs> than I mean, ever. you can be honest. This is a safe space. <laughs> That's <here>. true. <laughs> what about you, John? What brought you to Peterborough? Um, well, um, yeah, I grew up in Hamilton. Um, was born, raised there, whole life. Um, and, yeah, basically from a young age, I uh, wanted to be like my dad, become a pastor as well. Yeah, uh, and he worked in the PAOC, so uh, that led me to yeah come to Masters College nice. and Seminary, um, and then from attending there and rooming with Noah uh, last year, mm-hmm. um, yeah, hearing about the internship and joining as well. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Little known fact: my dad actually took a night course at Masters. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, a lesser-known fact, Masters <laughs> used to use Louis Burkhoff as their systematic Ooh, theology Really? Text. Yeah, which is, which is all I'll say about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, interesting times. Yeah. So for those who don't know, we actually... Um, I met these guys before we moved here, but we actually now meet on the campus of Masters. It's, well, it's owned by another... The village is on Argyle. Uh, we meet in the gym on Sundays, and I have office space during the week, and we're thankful um, to them for that as well. So what's your last name, John? Uh, McCallis. McCallis. Yeah. John McCallis. Oh, yeah. So moving <laughs> over to you, Noah, what's your, what's your last name, and why are you in Peterborough? Well, my last name is Calcano, and I'm also originally from a similar area as John. I'm from uh, Beamsville, which is kind of in between uh, Hamilton and Niagara Falls, so I kind of you know, a bit of both worlds there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I came here, uh, kind of a similar reason to John. I had a couple other pastors in the family and I just kind of um, thought that was maybe my path. So I came here um, to Masters and to Peter Rowe with kind of that intention. Nice. I think I told you, but I went to Beamsville once as like a missions trip when I was in <laughs> oh, no. like youth group. <laughs> wow. And all, I remember several things. One, uh, it was a really long trip, and we got stuck on the highway with no air condition in, like, stop-and-go traffic, right. mainly stopping traffic. Yeah. And it was so hot. And it was my first brush-up against feminism as well. Because really? Because our driver huh. interesting. Uh, insisted that only women should be able to sit in the front <laughs> and men need to wash the dishes is what wow. I remember of that. And I remember hmm. as a – I mean, I was probably 12 or something yeah. at the time. Just thinking, I don't like your version of equality. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a pretty uh, niche. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, it's like that doesn't sound. But that's a topic for another day. Yeah, yeah that's, I, guess so. I mean, maybe that's, for another episode yeah, on the podcast. Know, yeah, <laughs> that's what I remember about Beamsville. Yeah, and uh, so not very good memories. But hey, I met you, and and I have better memories now. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Better uh, associations. So, basically, you guys all came here for school. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. It's the long and short of it. Um, some of you already touched on it, but, you know, if you could think through a bit more, Malachi said, you know, you were thinking through God's calling your life for ministry, um, why you wanted to do the internship, or maybe what you were hoping to get out of it, or um, just something along that lines. You know, well, how did you hear about the internship? Um, I had heard it through Noah because... Um, he was he was doing it um, last year. Yes. And so I had heard about it and I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. And then he had encouraged me um, at the end of last year. He was like, here, you should really consider doing this. Yep. So I was like, I, I thought that was, yeah, I really want to because 
I was, I knew I was wanting to do ministry, but I wasn't sure what that would look like. Yeah. Or like even whether or not, like what area that would be. Yeah. Um, and I was very much, I guess, growing weary of the Pentecostal kind of idea of church. Yeah. And I think that was one of the other reasons I wanted to have experience in another denomination. Yeah. And more, well, I, I guess, biblically grounded kind of idea of the way church is done. Yeah. So I wanted to have that kind of experience and also, I guess, learn more about yeah. what it means to be in ministry. Nice. We'll come back to the local church because this is a big, maybe the one other thing I want to talk about. Um, but for our internship, we require anyone who's a part of it to be a member of our church. Right. And uh, I were you were a member of our church before you did the internship, weren't you? Or was it like the same it time? It was, yeah, very short. It was short, the same thing? Yeah, okay. Um, the reason we do that is because we believe that the discipleship happens in the context of local church membership. Right, yeah. That, that, that following Jesus in the New Testament is inseparable from being part of a covenant community known as the local church. Mm-hmm, there's, mm-hmm. there's no such thing in the New Testament as someone who follows Jesus and is not um, identified with a particular people in a particular place, a particular time, particular leaders. Um, we're not going to spell that all out right now, but we don't, we don't want to, you know, train guys who may be going into pastoral ministry who don't know what the local church is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to teach guys to be good dads who have never been part of a family. It's like, you know, if you are home by 5 p.m., that's what makes you a good father. No, there's, there's so much that goes into being a dad, and you can only know that really as you have experienced um, the being part of a healthy family. And if you haven't, then try to surround yourselves by people who can you can imitate in that regard. So this is not kind of, you know, meet up with the pastors once a week kind of thing that the bulk of our internship is just life in the local church. You know, when mm-hmm. people ask us, oh, what do you do for that? It's like, honestly, it's, it's pretty normal. It's like mm-hmm. we expect guys to do everything that other members in our church do. Show up every Sunday, um, participate in the life of the church, pray for one another, care for one another, pick up a heavy burden, carry one another's burdens, um, you know, be, be outstanding members of our church and all that that means and that's the bulk of it. Mm-hmm. The little part that we do on top of that is we do some, uh, we meet one-on-ones weekly. We meet as a group bi-weekly. We read some books and some papers and as well. But the bulk of it is we want to look, look, are these exemplary members of our church? Right. And uh, so that that is the bulk of it. Yeah. So there's a reason why we require membership. Mm-hmm. So what about you, John? Why did... I guess you kind of hit on it. You know, your dad uh, is a pastor and you were thinking through pastoral ministry and mm-hmm. you're like, well, this seems like a good thing to do. Yeah. Kind of the gist of it. Yeah. Uh, specifically to the internship? Yeah. Or, um, yeah, I think with the internship, what um, maybe you want to join is uh, realizing from my first two years at Masters, um, there's a difference between learning theology and being poured into by a local church, right. um, as well as the difference between a teacher and, I guess, a mentor, right? Yeah. Um, and so even talking with Noah about how intentional you guys were in pouring into him, mm. uh, it seemed like a sweet opportunity to 
um, not just develop competency or knowledge that I yeah. do in classes, but actually character and put into practice what I'm learning in my classes and yeah. serving at the local church. Nice. Um, so yeah, overall, just benefiting from all that. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Noah? Yeah, for me... Um, you were the first to take the plug. Yeah, 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 for sure. That was a brave <laughs> you, move. You brought me and Malachi with you for yeah, this year. I by myself for the first year. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, that lonely Italian. In the yeah. <laughs> yeah um, well, I actually heard about the gathering and the internship in the first place from um, Dan Prume, who had done the internship in a previous year. Nice. So that's Shout what out I, to Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> we know so he listens every week. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> basically <laughs> an <laughs> avid listener of this podcast, for sure. Um, but yeah, and then just, um, in first year, right? Like obviously this being a Pentecostal school and then, um, me coming here and starting to, um, theologically lean less towards that and more towards, you know, kind of the, um, reform Calvinistic kind of Baptist tradition that, you know, our church upholds. Right. So, um, once that started happening, I just realized that, um, as much as I, you know, I love my school and I like the time I've had here and stuff like that, um, if I want to go forward in ministry, I probably should get involved in a church that kind of matches those sort of convictions. And then, um, yeah, kind of tying into what John said about like knowing the right things from class and stuff like that. Like as much as I was starting to know and understand, um, reform theology and stuff like that. Um, I didn't know anything about how that translated into like how reform people like do church and how that works out in practice. Mm -hmm. Right. So like coming to this church and just seeing, you know, the way we do our liturgy on Sunday morning, the Mm -hmm. way we practice church membership, which was something I was very unfamiliar with at the beginning. So, um, just those kind of things have been, um, yeah, like you can't put a, you can't put a price tag on how much those things have, um, influenced the way I think about the church and the way I think about ministry. So that's kind of why I started the internship and as well as the benefits of doing it so far. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's great, man. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, there's nothing, uh, well, let me back up a little bit. Like I I praise God for the resurgence of sound doctrine and the um, seriousness uh, that young people are taking on knowing the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was Tim Keller who said, you know, Basically, we see in the church a trend that, that people are either walking away from the church or getting more serious. And what's disappearing is the, the mushy middle, mm-hmm. he called it. Right. And that people who have grown up with kind of an atheological, uh, you know, super shallow um, church experience, just either they're like, this is lame or it has nothing for me, or they just want to double down and get to the bottom of things. And... So I praise God that a lot of people, thankfully, are searching the scriptures and are coming to a fuller understanding of Christ and the gospel and, and the word and, and all that that means and um, for the resurgence of sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, my biggest concern, you know, when, it, when even when you guys came to me, like I praise God about the things you're learning and stuff. And I've been there and I remember my life being radically transformed by the truth, mm-hmm, right? Mm, the right. truth matters. Yeah. But the truth has to hit the ground. Yeah. And um, I'm also thankful in recent years to see prominent pastors and and we're certainly always pushing, pushing this. Um, really what matters is how you love your brother and sister. That's what Jesus said. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. By this they will know me. Um, you'll know them by their fruit and, and how they love the brothers. 
And so I want to know not just what you know, but like, how does that work itself out? Yeah. Like, are you defined not just as someone who knows the most in your class about a particular doctrine, but are you the most loving man, the most sacrificial man? Are you the most committed man to the people in your church, the prayerful man? Mm. And, and basically, you know, are you, a, are you a healthy member of a local church? And, um, yeah, we want to be pushing back against a reductionistic view that's kind of like, I just know a lot, and that means something. Yeah. And, you know, knowledge puffs up, mm-hmm. Paul says. And, and it's, it's truly one of the worst things in the world to have sound doctrine and poor practice. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, so, yeah, praise God. And, and the local church is where these things get, get flushed out. So maybe just going around, picking one thing. Um, what's, what's kind of like one big thing, one takeaway you've had uh, either a, an area you've been challenged in, um, something you've learned, like a paradigm that shifted in your mind, or an area of just personal growth. You're like, look, I knew all this stuff, but here's how it really hit the ground for me um, through your time as a member and a participant in the internship at Hill City. Mm-hmm. You could take some time to think about yeah. it. We're all about dead air here <laughs> on the ground podcast. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things for me was just, yeah, I guess, seeing how you guys do church. And that really challenged the way I had always viewed how church is done, because um, I was pretty much exclusively in the payoff for as long as I can remember. Yep. So that was my experience with churches. And but then coming to First the Gathering in Hill City, it's just seeing the beauty and how we do, I mean, how we use scripture, how um, the songs that we sing, the meaning behind everything that we do, where we don't just kind of do things um, just because they're practical or because they're pragmatic. We actually do things because um, they, they mean something and they help us grow as Christians. And there's always this constant push to become mature believers. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really, really value. And that's mm-hmm. something I've learned and loved about this internship. That's great. How about you, John? Um, I think going into the internship and even going into Bible college, um, I had this idea that um, the ministry I'm called to means a vocational position as a pastor. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I realized through this internship, um, and just through the the leadership of of the elders, you know, Ben, and and even learning from Russ, you know, like yeah, I had such a narrow view of ministry, mm-hmm. um, and thinking like, oh, I'm developing all these skills so I can get that position and through that position fulfill the ministry I'm called to, Yeah. right? Um, and so I'm just being, or learning through this internship that, um, you know, our call to know the word and teach the word and love others and share the gospel, mm-hmm. that's not limited to a pastoral position, yeah. um, a paid position. Yeah. Um, and it's actually been very freeing mm-hmm. um, because thinking before, it was like, oh, no, I'm, I need to know, you know, I need to be competent for that position. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, no, 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 like ministry isn't dependent on that position. And so I'm going to study the word, know the word um, that I may love others better. Yeah. Not for any particular, you know. Yeah. 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 It's, it's broadened your understanding um, of the pastorate yeah. and mm-hmm. even just of a faithful Christian. Mm-hmm. And it happens in so many churches. I mean, 
Um, it, it's like they look at someone who's mature and showing godliness and they're like, oh, you should be a pastor. It's mm-hmm. like, well, maybe, you know? And yeah. I think uh, more people should consider that. More men should consider that. But at the same time, there's almost this, this assumption that if you are just a godly person, you have to be a pastor. It's like, mm-hmm. well, why can't you just be a godly Christian? And, and what does that mean to be a godly Christian? And are the only roles, is the only real ministry done on two hours every Sunday by some paid professionals? Yeah. Like, well, it's, no one would affirm that, yeah. right? But functionally, yeah. that we, we do that with our lives and people, and you're, you're a great example of people end up feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's encouraging. What about you, Noah? What's one way you've been challenged or... You've where you've learned or grown. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Um, yeah. So kind of similar to that, actually. Um, for me, the internship has kind of radically reworked the way I understand pastoral ministry. Because mm-hmm. um, I came here, you know, I expected to, you know, put in four years to a degree and then immediately um, get on the job hunt, find a pastoral position, maybe do some more schooling down the road, kind of thing. Yeah. And um, I just realized that that's not a very biblical or smart way to approach eldership, right? Right. Like, it's not a matter of, you know, getting the right credentials and then going on the job hunt. It's actually a matter of um, discerning the call through your local church, right? Yeah. And I guess from my background, too, um, a call to ministry is sort of this ethereal, personal thing between you and God, where it's just kind of like you're at a youth conference and you feel this impression and you just, you go to Bible college and you do it, but it's much more kind of like you, John Malachi, were saying, like, it's learning to love in the context of a local church and sort of getting the tap, so to speak, from like your elders and your membership yeah. to mm-hmm. kind of pursue that, um, pursue that role. Yeah. The affirmation of the congregation. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at first Timothy three, it's, it's except for teaching, which is the only skill, it's all character. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's all things that you can't actually affirm as a congregation unless you know the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This whole idea of like go and preach once and then the congregation holds a meeting and says whether we want this guy um, is totally insufficient to test whether someone is called. You know, preaching the call is what we call it. What are you talking about? Like, how how in the world do you know anything about this person whatsoever? And I mean, in in a bad situation, I I see where you could do it. Mm -hmm. But it shouldn't be the norm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sort of speaks to the professionalization of ministry, right? Oh, and big like, time. That's why Piper's book, uh, Brothers Were Not Professionals, was massively helpful because it yeah. just kind of broke down the idea that being a pastor is just like any other job where it's yeah. like, like you said, it's largely on character and so much less about your skills and your yeah. competencies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all super helpful stuff, guys. Yeah. And I feel like it'll give our church an opportunity to know you guys better and to pray for you. And uh, I definitely speak on behalf of Ben and Ryland and say that we really appreciate you guys, respect you. you guys. I often say to the man, when I was 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, I was not doing what these guys are doing. <laughs> so, you know, respect to that. It's encouraging to see young men just intentionally following Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, trying to be serious and sober-minded about that and um, wherever he would lead them. So as a church, we want to continue to help you with that and to serve you in the ways that, in the small ways that we can. So mm-hmm. thanks a lot for that. Well, that is our, uh, our show for the day. 
I'd like to uh, thank our guests for coming on. I'd like to give a shout out to Matthew Matteo and <laughs> maybe next time. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe next time. Um, maybe he'll sit in with with Rylan and Ben and I next time. Yeah. But just a reminder: if you have any questions, you could send them to Rylan or Ben or myself. And uh, until next time. Yeah.